Welcome to Senior Straight Talk with Phyllis Heyman, a collaborative podcast with Pass It On Network. This program is brought to you by all of Community Services. Seniors deserve to have a fulfilling life with dignity and respect, but as we transition into our elderhood years, this doesn't always happen. Join us today as we discuss some of the most important issues that seniors face and provide much-needed answers to your questions. Now, here is Phyllis Amon. Welcome to Senior Straight Talk, presenting informative conversations for the senior years of our lives. I'm Phyllis Amon, your host. The show, which began in September of 2019, was formally known as Voices for Elder Care Advocacy, and the library of all of the episodes can be found on the Voice America Empowerment Channel under the name Seniors Straight Talk, and they can be downloaded on popular podcast platforms. The show is also syndicated on the Voice America Influencers Channel, so please remember to like, click, and share the episodes. For those listeners who are in what I call SOS mode, stressed, overwhelmed, and stretched, Watch out for my upcoming free caregiver distress recovery challenge, helping caregivers find a path to bringing much needed self-care into their daily routine. It features empathy, my registered trademark, which is also the basis of a self-care commitment letter, and teaches strategies from my proprietary framework for self-care, self-kindness, self-compassion, and self-forgiveness. Strategies that will surely help you feel recharged and re-energized as you face life's challenges. Family members considering taking on the role of caregiver or those just beginning the caregiver journey can find valuable information in my course, A Caregiving Guide for Caregivers, The Basics, which will be available in the near future. My latest book, Dignity and Respect, Are Our Aging Parents Getting What They Deserve? is available on Amazon in both paperback and ebook formats. The book addresses critical information about how we care for and treat our elder citizens in our families, our communities, in nursing homes, and assisted living residences across the country. I'm honored that Dr. Bill Thomas wrote the foreword for the book, so I hope you'll purchase a copy and encourage your friends and colleagues to do the same. I appreciate your support, and I hope you'll spread the word on this all-important topic. Senior Straight Talk is proud of the collaborative partnership with the Pass It On Network, a global peer learning network for positive aging advocates, and a member of the United Nations Open-Ended Working Group on Aging. Senior Straight Talk and the Pass It On Network continue bringing listeners informative conversations for the senior years of our lives. Senior Straight Talk is happy to have Active Pure Technology as a Senior Straight Talk sponsor. Active Pure Technology is an active patent technology that is the clean air solution for COVID pollution. Active Pure Technology delivers measurable and guaranteed results, giving you the peace of mind to know that you are providing a safe environment and the best protection for the people you care for whether in your business or in your home. And now I'd like to introduce today's guests. With an educational background in the sciences and art from Duke University, my guest today was drawn back to New England when her father at age 55 was diagnosed with cancer. 
always interested in how to make things and people better. That experience inspired her to become a senior loss prevention consultant with Liberty Mutual Group. There, she assisted corporations, colleges, construction contractors, and municipalities with reducing or eliminating workers' injuries, general liability accidents, and property failures. With the early passing of her husband and taking care of her frail mother, 94 years of age, she became re-energized in the importance of physical, mental, and emotional fitness in the upper decades of our lives. I'm proud to have Ruth Averjali with me here today on Senior Straight Talk. So Ruth, I'm so glad to have you here with me today. And for the listeners, I just want them to know you and I just met briefly uh, about a week ago at an event, a phenomenal uh, event, Secret Knock in San Diego. And we were talking about the importance of keeping yourself fit and aging healthfully. I was telling you that I encourage people to embrace mindful longevity and to develop mindful longevity plans so they can maintain their well-being as long as possible. And I just loved what you were saying about how it's our responsibility to do that. And that's why I'm so thrilled to have you here with me today. Thank you, Phyllis, very much. It's my pleasure to be here. So, um, and right before we started, you were telling me about Fit After 50 and all this kind of thing. And so I want you to talk about that a little bit. Well, I do it every Tuesday and Thursday, uh, even through the death of my husband and my and caring for my very frail 94-year-old mother. I would go from 8.15 to 8.45 every Tuesday, Thursday. It's primarily strength training for people 50 and older. But I'm telling you, anyone can be in that class and get a good workout. Hmm. It, has, it has kept me, actually my heart very strong. So even during those very stressful times of my life where I'm caring for loved ones, I was still strong enough to meet the demands of caring for them and not pulling muscles, losing cardiovascular health. So. That is like, to me, a minimum, these strength training. Mm. So I love that because I was telling you that I have this word that I um, trademarked, empathy, I-M-P-A-T-H-Y, and uh, it's the basis of a self-care commitment letter, and it is a commitment, right? And that there's a course that I have that goes along with it, but it goes along with everything that you're saying and how important it is for people to really embrace that. Because if not, you're just letting things happen to you and you're not taking charge. Like, you know, you're, you're in your own driver's seat, right? You are, you are the drive, the CEO of your, of your car and your body is your car, right? Exactly. That's a wonderful analogy. Let me put it this way. My husband had a stroke on the third floor. I had been carrying too much weight and the fear of, oh my God, am I going to need three or four guys to carry me down those stairs if I had a stroke or to pick me up off the floor? Conversely, I was able to care for my mother at my home. If I was heavy and more infirm, you know, if she was, I could not have taken care of her. So I thought to myself, it is my duty to try to stay out of nursing home so that my kids can take care of me. So I get premium care. You know, it's, I think it's all of our duty to do that. Mm, and I love that you said that 
And when you said that, I said, I'd, I'd love to have you on the podcast so we can talk yeah. about this because, you know, it's a known fact that we're living longer, but it's also a known fact that because of all the comorbidities, which really people began to learn a little more about during COVID, right? All the underlying conditions. I mean, it cost millions and millions and millions of dollars in this country. And um, as people are living longer and then need medical care, prescriptions or nursing home care, assisted living care, obviously it's costing us so much money. So indeed, it's even a civil responsibility, right? To, yeah. to, care, to take care of yourself optimally. But so many people are not doing that. Yeah, who wants to be, have to be dependent on diabetes medication? Right. So you can't even enjoy your life. You're concerned about your blood sugar being under, out of control. You're having to prick yourself or you have one of those monitors, self-monitors. Who wants that? I want to travel. I'm going to Patagonia. You don't know this, but oh. I'm going to Patagonia next March with awesome. my daughter and husband. Yes. Awesome. So, yeah. And I'm, you need to be in shape. I'm in shape. Absolutely. And, um, you know, I was hoping probably, well, I, I couldn't do it this year. We were also at Secret Knock and the two things, you know, um, conflicted. But there is a trip that I want to go to, and that's to Machu Picchu. Yes. And that, uh, that involves a lot of walking. Yes. You're up um, five miles in the air there. I've gone there. Oh, have and you? It, oh, I was 25 at the time. <laughs> I climbed the top of that beautiful mountain. You see, right. I forgot the name of it. They don't let you do that anymore. But um, in Cusco, you're very high, and uh, you'll get a headache. And if you are not in good shape, you may not be able to sightsee because you'll be incapacitated, you'll be nauseous. So again, it's really important that we keep our cardiovascular system in excellent shape. So you were telling me about this Tabata uh, oh, yeah. regimen that you have right before we started. So you want to talk a little bit about that? You can do Tabata. It's, um, I forgot the background of it, but my trainer, and it was a, a class, we had to do 20 seconds of uh, exercise using TRX equipment. And then in the most awkward position, we had to hold it for 10 seconds. And we had to do that eight times mm. per exercise. So we did that. And it was a really good workout because I'd been at Secret Knock. I was away for right. a week and And it's like, oh. But conversely, I now have a treadmill that also does Tabata exercises. Huh. So run. 30 seconds at your highest sprint, and then you recover for a minute and a half, and you do that eight times. Hmm. So I'm starting that program because I used to be on the treadmill for an hour at a time. I go up and down on it, but still. So now I've been assured that if I do it called sprint eight, um, it will do amazing things for my muscle building, for my cardiovascular system hmm. in record time. So just Sure. So I have a question because I have an elliptical rider in my house, mm. which I'm embarrassed to say that I haven't been using. But um, if I did it on that regimen, that regimen with a minute, and a, what is it? It's a, a minute and a half. It's a 30 second sprint, a 30 second sprint and, a minute, and a minute and a half rest. Recovery. Yeah. Recovery. Eight times. Eight times. So if You'll I did that on a 
if I did that on a rider, does it make a difference whether you're doing it on a treadmill or you're doing it on an elliptical rider? No. The big thing is to get your cardiovascular system pumping. Mm -hmm. So, and you don't just jump in. I mean, at our age, we've got to, I'm gradually building up. So I'm high intermediate. I probably can go into the advanced, but I'm just doing it very slowly because I don't want to our tendons and ligaments get stiffer as we get older. Mm -hmm. I gradually uh, get up to that level, but I know I can run faster. Oh, that's fantastic. Mm -hmm. So in actuality, you don't even have to do it on a treadmill. A person could go outside with a, a timer, right? right? And they could right. run as fast as they can for 30 seconds, rest right. for a minute and a half and do that, that, that pattern eight times. You could do Correct. it around the track. Right? Correct. Right. Correct. You could be running upstairs. Right. Right. <laughs> right. You know, so you don't want to come to a complete stop. You want to still, you know, but it's much easier. For example, you're at 6.3 miles an hour and then you go down to two miles an hour. Right. So, right. you know, because I think people have a tendency to think, well, if I don't have this equipment or I have to go to this place or I have to join this class or I have to sign up for this workout routine on my phone. There are so many ways that people can incorporate this into their daily lives um, as long as they have the mindset to do it. Exactly. For example, on television, you're watching television, commercials, you get up and you do a workout right then for right. one minute to three minutes. And then you settle down again. <laughs> so, you know, it's funny you say that because I started, I uh, make this, um, this particular smoothie every morning. It, it, you have to blend it for 25 seconds. It's exactly 25 seconds. It's part of this R2M uh, nutrition regimen. And um, so in that 25 seconds, I've started to do calf raises. And so I've increased the number of calf raises I could do in 25 seconds. Some, it depends. Some days if I'm tired, I can only do 20, but I've gotten up to 22. And then I started to say, well, if I have somebody in something in the microwave for a minute, I could do calf raises and I could do jumping jacks, right? Yes, exactly. You can also do, you know, squats for 30 right. seconds. I mean, everything. It's, right. It's the only limitation is in our mind. And we have to get over being afraid to move. I think that's the biggest thing. We've got to move. Right. Absolutely. And, I, and as we approach that 50-year mark, I think we need to really embrace that because if we haven't been doing that, it's, it, it, it does become kind of a downward slide. It definitely does. I... I uh have this chart in front of me. If people want to look up muscle mass loss per decade, Phyllis, I'd, I'd like you to know about this muscle mass loss per decade. How much do you think you lose in your muscle mass by age 70? I have you, no idea. No idea. Well, I know some people in their 70s who use canes who don't even want to go up a flight of stairs. And I have this chart that says, as a semi-sedentary person, by age 70, you've lost about 30% of your muscle mass. And you might mm. say, that's not bad. Um, but that's someone who's semi-sedentary. If, however, you kept physically active and you did full body exercises like I'm doing with the Fit After 50, 
by age 70, I would have lost less than 10% wow. of my muscle mass from when I was 20 years old. So this is one of my major incentives to keeping working hard. Hmm. So it's it, interesting. Interesting. I just want to interject because I was working out with a personal trainer for about two and a half years, and I was also ballroom dancing. And then uh, COVID came along and all kinds of other things happened. I, that's when I bought the elliptical rider and I have weights in my house and I was doing it for a while. Then other things happened and I kind of stopped. Okay. And I can see the change in my muscle mass uh, and I can feel it. And it's not a good feeling. No, we at our, as we get older, we lose muscle mass much quicker. Right. But again, I want to do one other Comparison. If we're a semi sedentary person at age 90, we'll have lost about 40% of our muscle mass. However, if we keep active by age 90, we'll lose a little bit more than 13% of our mass. Wow. So, again, why not, people? And it's fun. You do it with a group of people, the YMCA, Jewish community centers, anything, you know, uh, any of these athletic. Um, places that open up now, go in, they will encourage you to do as much as you can. And uh, aren't there programs in malls? There are, there are programs where they, they walk the mall. Um, I don't remember what it's called. There's silver sneakers. Um, so, yeah. uh, but there are programs in malls where they have groups, walking groups, where they walk the mall to maintain their you know, their well-being, their fitness to keep active, keep the blood circulating, because otherwise, like you say, it's, it's like things are moving in your body, but they're moving slowly. And people want to know why even their elimination habits have changed, because you're not doing anything to make things move. Exactly. I would say, though, just walking, you need to do upper body exercises with weights. Mm -hmm. So that's the one thing especially women, we develop our legs, but we forget about our upper body. Younger women now uh, don't have that problem as much. For example, my daughter can do full push-ups, mm -hmm. full, um, what do they call it now? Military push-ups. Mm -hmm. I still am doing the knee push-ups. Okay. I am firing to the full body and I'm getting close. <laughs> Listen, about a year and a half ago, as I was saying, I was able to do a few. I mean, I couldn't do 20, but I could do five. I probably can't any longer, but I was able to do it. And I have to say, it's a wonderful feeling and it gets your endorphins going. It, it gives you a sense of accomplishment. Um, it has so many benefits to it. So it's not only because of your age, but also because of all the benefits that you get from it, no matter what age you are. Yes. So on that note, we're going to take a short break on Senior Straight Talk, and we'll be right back with Ruth Aberjali talking about um, being fit after 50. Phyllis Amon, owner of Phyllis Amon Associates, provides strategic solutions to families seeking care for their loved ones and coaches them to become more effective advocates. Her expertise comes from working in over 45 nursing homes. Phyllis, known for her passion, empathy, high quality care standards, and quality life for older adults, is an experienced educator, speaker, and trainer. 
She's bridged the gap from healthcare to public and private sector businesses on topics from communication, caregiving, empathy, and novel approaches to team building and leadership. As we continue on life's journey, there are certain situations which we all must face. Care and treatment don't always measure up to what it's supposed to be, and there are many questions that need to be answered. Tune in to Senior Straight Talk with host Phyllis Amon. Seniors deserve to have a purposeful and passionate, fulfilling life, and we'll bring you the information that you need to hear to make it happen. Listen on the Voice America Empowerment Channel or your favorite podcast platform. Find out what makes the most successful people tick. Keep listening to the Voice America Empowerment Channel. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com It's your world. Motivate. Change. Succeed. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com What sets apart VoiceAmerica.tv from the other video content providers on the Internet? Choice and flexibility means that you can host your video content live or on demand on the main VoiceAmerica.tv channels through your own branded media player or your own private TV channel. We support multiple media formats, so all of your video content can be in one place. We offer a number of advertising and video packages. For more information, visit VoiceAmerica.tv. If you think you've seen online TV like this before, let us surprise you. You are tuned in to Senior Straight Talk with Phyllis Heyman. If you'd like to leave us a question or comment about our program, please feel free to email the host at phyllis at seniorstraighttalk.com. Now back to Senior Straight Talk. Welcome back to Senior Straight Talk, sponsored by Active Pure Technology. And I'm here with Ruth Abergeli, and we're talking about Fit After 50. And um, I wanted to ask you, Ruth, you know, besides you talking about your husband and members of your family, really what inspired you to go down this path? It's a, it's a story that actually started in my teenage years. My mother started to go to the YMCA in her forties. So she would take me in just to the women's exercise class. It was shaping. And then mother had uh, worked at MIT and there was a program on PBS, Boston, Maggie and the Beautiful Machine. It was Maggie Letvin. Mm -hmm. She was really before her time in the early 1970s. And this woman had had a horrible car crash and had built herself back up. So when I turned on the television set, this old woman of 42 was jogging in place for the whole time and then leading us on these different exercises for flexibility and strength and cardio. So I was so impressed that a woman in her forties had a phenomenal figure who had all this energy. And I was like, I want to be just like her. Right. So, and I realized again, I'm probably 16 years old. I'm realizing unlike most of the grownups in their late thirties, forties, fifties, uh, she was not putting on weight. She was able to climb mountains if she needed to. So she told me there was another way than cocktails and appetizers and high fat foods. <laughs> All the things we love, but we really shouldn't have. But you can have them in moderation. In moderation. It's just 
the American diet right now right. is heavy on the other. The yeah. other person that I loved following was Jack LaLanne when I was oh, really young. Jack oh, LaLanne. Jack LaLanne. So, um, you know, probably before I was even, you know, six, seven, eight, I'd be watching him on the television set. And then following him as he got into his 90s, where he turned into eating mostly an uncooked uh, high vegetable fruit diet with some fish. And he ended up dying at age 96, but being vital up until that point. Right. And that's, you know, another thing I realized by going to the YMCA in town is you won't necessarily live incredibly long, but your quality of life will be excellent. So that instead of the slow decline to death, where I'm feeling infirm, where I can't do this and I can't do that, these people at the Y would be able to do a high level of activity until like two or three months before they died, they basically fell off a cliff and died. That's what I want to be. Right. I get it. And just going back, I have this uh, little expression about the American diet. I was actually going to write an article about it. And that is the American diet crisis, fats, fried and oversized, because that's really, that's really what it amounts to, right? Yes, it is. I am also, I'm right now trying to get my life in order and I'm following Dr. Duck Vong's diet, which is like 55% vegetables and fruits mm -hmm. and a little bit of meat if you want it. Um, so he wants green smoothies in the morning, big, big salads with a little bit of protein for lunch or dinner, and then a normal meal for the, for the third Ooh. meal without any snacking. Oh, wow. And I am doing that routine about 90% of the time. If I go away, I will enjoy some food and alcohol and snacks and whatever. But when I get home, I'm back to the routine and I'm, I don't have the after lunch slump. Mm -hmm. I feel it's just, supplements what I'm doing physically is this eating plan. I'm feeling phenomenal. And, and how do you spell his name? If any of the listeners yeah. want to look this up? He has a lot of YouTubes. It's Dr. Duck, D-U-C Vaughn, V-U-O-N-G. He is a former bariatric surgeon. Ah. And he met up with a lot of Americans who had weight issues. But his program is for anyone. Like I never had bariatric surgery, but I have lost weight. Um, I'm back down to where I was in my 30s. So wow, that's you know, very cool. Very cool. Very excited actually to be here. I actually had been exercising for the last 15 years, but still carrying the weight. Now I'm finally dealing with the weight. Yeah, because uh, it's not just about exercise, as you just as you pointed out. It's not only what you eat, it's when you eat it and the combination of foods. Yes, yes. And I am not missing the fast food diet that so right. many Americans have, the processed diet. We, we are trying to be as unprocessed as possible. I say eat more foods that grow in plants rather than foods that are made in plants. Yes, wonderful, right. excellent. Right. And, uh, I, you know, I myself, I, I can't tell you the last time I really had fast foods. I mean, do, if I'm someplace, uh, do I enjoy some French fries every now and again? But, you know, I, I don't eat those things. And it's interesting because I'm working in a, a place right now uh, with a, many people who are my junior by many, many years. Um, 
most of them are not at their optimal weight, I would say. And I watch them order for lunch and I'm, I'm I just can't believe it. I, I just, uh, but that's, that's part of the American way. And, and a couple of them have said, oh, they're going to try and eat more healthy and they want to do this and accomplish that. And I look at what they're eating for lunch. I don't say anything, but I'm thinking, how do you expect to do that when you're eating this huge hero sandwich with, or these, this, this hamburger with all these French fries? And, um, but it's a mindset. Wouldn't it's you say a it's, a mindset, it's a mindset issue? What I found, I have an accountability partner through Duck Vaughn. Vaughn and what we figured out is once we went into an unprocessed diet, it took us about a week and a half to two weeks. And all of a sudden, we felt like normal people. We were able to resist the fast food, the snacks. It really changes your body chemistry. So you're not hungry. You're not hangry. You're right, not right, hangry right, anymore. right. So right. if you're hungry, it's like, okay, I can wait until I can get a proper food. Right. But it takes a week and a half, two weeks to get there. Right. And most people don't give it the proper amount of time. Right. And it's like it's discipline. Um, now, yeah. I, I um, I'm uh, staying away from home for tonight till tomorrow. And um, I ate something at lunch. I don't know what it was because I don't really eat carbs, especially during the day. Um, but something I ate obviously affected me. I was getting very sleepy and lethargic. And I brought some pistachios with me and that was a great pick me up, but it would have been just as easy to reach for a chocolate bar or some other nonsense, right? Yes. Chips or some of my other, which are some favorite foods. I'm not saying I never eat them, but certainly that wasn't going to really help me and bolster me, my energy level. Yes. I will say too, just a sound out to Dr. Vaughn. He also looks at making yourself happier by gardening, being involved that way and dealing with money in different ways. So he's trying to attack all of the reasons why people eat because people usually overeat because they're not happy. They're not satisfied in their life. So he, he has a great program for people who have persistent weight issues. I'll just say that. Yeah, that's, I mean, that sounds fascinating. I, um, I'm going to have to look that up myself because, you know, this empathy project of mine is about, is about well-being and it's making a commitment. And if you make a commitment to age healthfully and gracefully, you will be happier. Don't you think? Yes. And you'll make, people who are just like you because you'll be out there moving or interacting and you'll see vital people no matter what their age. Right. And that's and, what's phenomenal. And, and social connectivity and social connectedness is an important part of health and well-being, especially as we age. Yes. And, and if, if COVID taught us anything, it, it really highlighted that the important importance of connecting with people of social connections. Yes. And, and so you're right. You connect around with people around things that you have in common. You have in common. I, I mean, it could be art class, music, something you've never done before. I was uh, hiking with my son near Bozeman, Montana, and we're going up 
a pretty significant, like you're up, you're about a mile in the sky and you're going up about 1800 square feet and yeah, sorry, feet up. And he's leading me and I'm going and we're chugging along. And then all of a sudden we see this group of seniors who are in their eighties up there going up that same mountain. Oh, isn't that awesome? It's wonderful. I was going faster than they were, but it's the, you do it. You still do it. Nevertheless, I, um, um, I had been ballroom dancing for several years and, um, I stopped a little before COVID actually, but well, my teacher lived a distance away and it, there were a number of factors. But anyway, um, I've been to many dance events where there are people on the dance floor, like you say, 70s and 80s, and they're on the floor all night long. And um, it's fantastic. It makes you feel great. It gets the endorphins going, gets your blood moving and so, so whatever you're doing, uh, like you said, even something, a sustained activity like gardening, if it's a steady pace and sustained activity, you're going up and down and um, kneeling, standing up straight, using your arms, pulling weeds, anything like that really helps your overall strength and well-being. Yep. Another thing is balance. Uh, as we get older, we lose our balance. Right. So that's another thing that gardening helps with or uh, exercises, directed exercises help with. Um, so if people wanted to find out, I think I, I get an email from something called Daily OM, and I think I've seen Tabata on there, but if people wanted to find out about Tabata specifically and what's involved in it, how would they, uh, where would they go to find that? Or is there anybody you could recommend that you follow? You know, I can't except just Google Tabata, T-A-B-A-T-A. -A -A. Mm -hmm. I believe it was a Japanese uh, scientist who, who um, created it, actually. Uh, huh. Yeah. And, it, and they're just specific movements and specific time frames. It's how, yes, it is how to use the least amount of time to get in the best shape. Oh, I love that. And who who wouldn't do that? The least amount of time to get in the best shape. I mean, that running regime, you're running only four minutes. <laughs> wow. If you think about it, you're running only four minutes. You're right. Four minutes. Uh, the other thing, it really, it's better for your body because you're creating muscles. They suggest that you have uh, more protein or not have anything afterwards. You don't want to have sugar because the body will immediately metabolize the sugar. So you're wanting to supply your muscles um, so that it will help your muscles and also use up your fat. So that's also part of it. Oh, that's interesting because mm -hmm. I, um, I always thought that after exercising, well, it's a, it's a debate. Do you eat before you exercise? You need to, to have some energy. But after you exercise, there are only certain things that you should be eating, and one of them would be protein. Yes. Uh, even given a typical American, unless you are very, very thin, you probably can exercise before you eat. Hmm, that's interesting. So, I mean, that's where you talk to your doctor. You have to look at how your body is. I mean, if you're a diabetic, you need to follow a diabetic regime. Right, that's true. You don't mess with your blood sugar. But if you are in very good health, I have found, I grew up 
where you're supposed to eat breakfast every morning, the most important meal of the day. My mother did that. And I now am not eating breakfast until 10 or 11 in the morning. And I am doing my heavy exercise first thing in the morning. I I finish eating around six o'clock at night. So, and I have plenty of energy. Interesting. So, but don't you find if you work out early in the morning, kind of on an empty stomach that you don't have the energy for the intense exercise that you want to do? Maybe it depends on the kind of exercise you're doing. Yeah. If you're doing long distance running, you know, where you're running mile after mile, probably, but most of us exercise an hour or less. And the big thing is hydration. Keep drinking water. Don't drink Gatorade. Don't drink coffee, which is a diuretic. Don't drink tea, which is a diuretic. Drink water. That's what your body really is craving. Right. Because 90% of your body is water. And um, we really are supposed to drink half of our body weight in ounces of water a day, approximately. And, you know, I have a friend and I've told her about drinking water And she said, I don't like water. And I said, but your body needs water, but you could always put a cucumber in it or or a lemon or a strawberry, whatever you'd like to put in it or a splash of cranberry juice or something. Um, But I say, if people don't normally drink water, you know, you have to start a new habit. So you could start a habit very simply, just have a glass of water before your meal. And then a glass of water after your meal. So then if you've done that, you've already now had six glasses of water. Um, and I don't know how many ounces that would be depending on the size of your glass, but you're already on that journey. Yes. And exercise, if you're really exercising, that water tastes delicious. Yeah, I agree with you there. It really does. I, I can't wait to drink water after I've worked out. It's And something that I don't know what you, you know, your thinking is on this, but my son, who's a fitness professional told me many years ago, not to drink ice cold water or ice cold drinks, because it takes your body a while to warm it to the temperature it needs to be in order to absorb it. So if you're really thirsty, the best thing is to drink water more room temperature so that your body can absorb it quicker. I don't drink any drinks that are cold anymore. I drink everything room temperature, unless it's a hot drink. Yeah, I tend to be the same. I keep, I have a water filter. I keep water in there, room temperature, and I drink that majority. Yeah. So I think this has been terrific. And I love the, the fact that when we met, you said it's really our responsibility to really keep ourselves as healthy as we can. Um, not only for our own selves, but like you said, for your family. And like I pointed out for, for our society where we're spending so much money and consuming so much in terms of medical care, um, the longer we could keep ourselves healthy, uh, the less of that we'll need. Yes. And which means you're not going to be spending an outrageous amount on health care that's substandard. And you're going to be with your loved ones or with your friends. So Again, it's our responsibility to our young ones and to society that we live as well as we can and that our, if we're lucky, our time of frailty is relatively brief. I love that. We're going to end on that. So thanks, Ruth, for being with me today on Senior Straight Talk. 
Please join me on the next episode of Senior Straight Talk, sponsored by Active Pure Technology, for more informative conversations for the senior years of our lives. This is Phyllis Amon signing off. Please remember to like, click, and share the episodes. And until next time, stay safe, stay well, and stay tuned. Thank you for listening to Senior Straight Talk. Join your host, Phyllis Amon, again soon for another episode on the Voice America Empowerment Channel or your favorite podcast platforms. 